Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. We are continuing this week on our series about blessing our neighbor. And uh, today I want to talk about the fact that Jesus came to serve. And we need to learn to serve our neighbors. You know, one of the things that, that we've been experiencing through this whole time of COVID is that change is hard. Uh, organizational change usually costs us something. And, and as we have all learned to pivot regarding our workplaces and regarding our churches and regarding our family life, we've noticed that, yeah, every time we've made a change, we, it's, it's really cost us something. And uh, whenever there's change, there's also grief. Uh, grief because when we change things, we usually lose something. Uh, or there's a sense of loss. And change and grief are closely related. In fact, the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, probably apply to our response to change as well. So while organizational change is difficult, and, and we've all experienced that through this last couple of years, to change one's mindset is even harder than organizational change. Now, you can get me to do something, uh, but I won't like it. <laughs> and uh, given the chance, I'll revert back to my old ways as soon as possible, unless my mindset has changed. This is what Jesus is dealing with in our text. It really requires a paradigm shift, a complete change of mindset for his disciples to grasp what Jesus is illustrating and trying to teach them in our text. Our text is found in John chapter 13, verse 3 to 5. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word again today. We thank you for this example of Jesus in washing the disciples' feet. We thank you, Lord, uh, for what he is trying to teach us and his disciples. Help us, Lord, to truly understand what it means to be servants, what it truly means to serve one another, and help us to take on the mindset of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So, in understanding this text, we need to remember the context. Uh, this is the Passover meal, the last supper, the last opportunity for the disciples to gather together before the crucifixion. They're all in hiding uh, because of fear of the Jewish authorities and the Roman authorities. They have uh, gathered in an upper room. They're celebrating the Passover meal together. Um, remember, Judas is there. A betrayer is among them. And uh, there's tension in the air. It, it's not your average meal. It's not a normal meal. There's, there's a lot of tension going on because of, uh, well, that, the fact that uh, tension is built through the various trips into Jerusalem that week, the Passion Week, and remember the overturning of the tables and, and all the rest, and the people crying Hosanna, and, the, and basically the expectation that Jesus was going to do something spectacular. At the same time, a plot was afoot to, uh, to kill Jesus. And, and uh, uh, combined with all of that, the disciples are quarreling. 
They're quarreling over who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We find that in Luke's gospel, chapter 22, verse 24. Uh, they're they're um, at each other's throats, so to speak, uh, because they're, they're wondering who is the best disciple and who Jesus will most honor when he enters into heaven. Uh, earlier, James and John, the brothers, had made a power play uh, to be next to Jesus in heaven. In fact, they'd sent their mother to talk to Jesus, and this story is found in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Imagine, imagine sending your mother to uh, advocate on your behalf about a uh, promotion at work. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's going on. And so their mother approaches Jesus and asks if her two sons could sit on the right and the, the left side of Jesus when he enters his glory. And uh, Jesus basically says, well, that's not mine to offer. That's not mine to give. Um, they had better be willing to pay a price because uh, no matter what, uh, we're all going to pay a price for serving the Father, for being uh, part of the kingdom of God. And so we know that the other disciples were a little uptight with James and John for making this request, and they're all quarreling about uh, who's the greatest, who, who will be most favored by Jesus when he uh, 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 enters into his glory, when he gets into heaven. Interesting that phrase, isn't it? Enters his glory. Uh, actually, um, Jesus entered his glory when he died on the cross, and the two, one on the right and one on the left, were the two thieves beside him uh, as he died. And they weren't understanding what they were asking uh, of uh, Jesus. But uh, Jesus basically says, you know, that's, that's not for you to know, and it's not for me to tell you right now what's going to happen in the future. So their mindset, uh, the disciples' mindset in an honor and shame culture, because that's what it was in the first century, how important you appear to your peers is incredibly important to them. And so they were very concerned about uh, what others thought of them and that they were honored and that they had the privilege of being perceived as, as having a, a status among their peers. Ah, very similar today. Honor produces leverage. In other words, if, if I'm honored, if I'm perceived by my peers as having status, then I have leverage. Leverage to get other people to do what I want them to do. It's, it's honoring brings power, an ability to shape others, in order to, an ability to move others in ways that I feel are really important. Uh, leverage can be used to get others to do what we want. And that's exactly what the disciples were looking for. And that's exactly what happens in our culture today. But Jesus' kind of leadership is not about getting other people to do what you want. Jesus' kind of leadership is helping people to do what's best, and that's totally different. You see, you have to put off that old leadership mentality, that old leadership mindset, and take on the leadership mindset of Jesus in order to really serve, in order to really bless our neighbor. You see, uh, in our text, no one is volunteering to wash one another's feet. Evidently, there were no slaves present. There were no servants present. And so it would have been up to one of the disciples to basically say, hey, guys, you know, I'll do it. I'll take that role. I'll, I'll wash uh, your feet, 
I'll make sure that this is looked after. And, and the reason they, they did this was a bit of a ceremonial thing, but also a very practical thing. Of course, in those days, they wore sandals and they walked through the streets where the animals had been walking and the streets were often muddy, so the, the streets were very dirty. And when they sat at table, they didn't sit at chairs. They kind of reclined at table. They kind of laid at table. And so your feet would be close to the table. Uh, and your feet would be close to your neighbor sitting beside you. And if your feet were smelly because of all the stuff that you'd stepped in and the mud and stuff, it, it, it kind of would take people's appetite away. So one of the things that they did before a meal is that they would wash one another's feet or they, the servants would wash their feet. And uh, that would kind of make them smell a little better and make the meal more palatable. Uh, but this being a servant's job, and because they're all jockeying for position uh, and saying who's greatest, no one's volunteering to wash anybody's feet. And because of the mindset, because they thought this, this, this would uh, bring me lower in, uh, in, in the idea of status and pecking order in, in the discipleship hierarchy, and I don't want to put myself there because I, I want to have leverage. Uh, that's what people want. Uh, that's what people seem to think that they need. So Jesus does something completely unexpected to make a point and change their mindset, hopefully forever. And it, it stands as a model for us today in the church, in, in, in fact, of all culture. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, uh, Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And here Jesus says it as straightforward, in a straightforward manner, as straightforward he as possibly say it, that in truly, truly to be a leader, truly to have influence in our culture, truly to, to be people who would uh, advance the kingdom of God, we need to learn to be servants. Uh, we need to learn to give up rights. Do we have to learn to give up our privilege in order to uh, look after the well-being of others? Now, notice how Jesus is described by John and, and his mindset through this, this whole thing. Uh, the introduction is... Uh, of, to the story is, is uh, quite remarkable. He says, first of all, that he knew all things. And you would think that that introduction to the story, he knew all things, that Jesus would come up with some profound saying or some profound insight into the world because he knew all things. It says literally, he knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Now, notice that the tense is past tense. So it's not after Jesus dies on the cross that the Father puts all things under his power. It's at this particular time, at this particular moment, when he comes to the supper, uh, the Father has put all things under his power. He knew all things. He had already received or already been elevated to the point to be the most powerful human being, to the most... Um, a glorified person in the whole world because God had put all things under his power. He could have done anything that he wanted to at this point. But instead of pride and honor, it gave rise to humility in Jesus. In, 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 in spite of the fact of his status, his earthly status or his heavenly status, instead of bringing pride, it brought humility. So Jesus, in other words, he lays down his crown, which he deserved, his crown of glory, and he picks up an apron. Secondly, the introduction tells us that he knew he had come from God and return, returning to God. 
Interesting. In other words, he was not from here. He was not like the other disciples. He wasn't born in the normal way. He had come from the Father. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. He had come from heaven. The the Logos, the Word of God, had had come into human form. He understood this about himself. Now, I, I think this could have easily resulted in, well, we might say contempt over the foolishness of the disciples. And, and I, 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 could, I could imagine myself uh, knowing that uh, uh, what was going on in the minds of the disciples, kind of just wanting to wash my hands of the whole thing and, and, and kind of with a contempt. You know, these, these guys are acting like bozos. They're not getting it. They're, they're struggling with, with, you know, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God and, and uh, a momentous occasion is about to happen and, and, and they seem to be completely uh, unaware of the importance of the moment. You know, uh, he could have just washed his hands and said, ah, you guys, you know, uh, I'm not from here anyway. I'm, I'm going to return to the Father. Uh, you know, uh, have at it. You know, go ahead. Have your little quarrels and, and uh, we'll figure it out later. I'm glad I'm done with that kind of an attitude. But no, he didn't. He, he lays down his, his contempt or any feelings of animosity he had towards their quarreling and their humanity and their, their smallness of mind, their mindset. And he picks up a basin to wash their feet. Now, thirdly, we find out from the introduction that he knew his betrayal was at hand. That's in verse 2. He knew that Judas was among the disciples. The devil had already prompted Judas, and Jesus was going to be betrayed by a friend. Now, this could easily have led to bitterness, and he spent three years with Judas. He's loved in him. He's cared for him. He's been his friend. He's chatted with him. He's, he's been alongside of him through this journey, through the thick and the thin of it. And it could have easily led to bitterness. But instead, Jesus lays down his bitterness and he picks up a towel and he washes the disciples' feet. You see, his love for them prompted Jesus to lay something down to pick something up. And you know what? Serving others is like that. You have to lay aside a certain mindset in order to serve others. You have to lay aside a certain way of thinking in order to serve others as Jesus served. And serving our neighbors is like that. You know, uh, neighbors, too, can be irritating. Um, Their dog barks at night or perhaps early in the morning and wakes you up. Sometimes their dog does things on your lawn that you have to clean up. They sometimes park their car in your parking spaces and perhaps in front of your uh, driveway makes it difficult. Perhaps they have loud music at times. Neighbors can be irritating, and we have to set that aside in in order to love them and to serve them. (laughs) Neighbors can also be unlikable, uh, like the disciples were unlikable at this point. But we need to cultivate the mindset of Jesus. What do you have to lay down? Kingdom of God people have a different mindset. With honor, position, and authority comes the responsibility to serve others. Leadership is not getting people to do what you want, but helping people to do what's best. So bless your neighbor by serving them. Be a good friend. Watch out for their place. Show an interest in their well-being. Let's learn to serve our neighbor. Let's pray together.
Lord, we pray that you would help us to take on the mindset of Jesus. To recognize in ourselves when we have, tend to have the mindset of this world, where we think that position and honor give us the ability to leverage others to get them to do what we want. But rather, Lord, help us to understand that you would want us to set aside, to set aside our pride or our status, to set aside our, well, our, our tendency to um, be irritated with our neighbor, and instead do what's best for them, to take on their best interest, to take it to heart and to serve them. We know, Lord, that this will open minds and open hearts and open friendships and allow us to bless others as you, as you have blessed us. So we pray, Lord, that you would give us insight into how we might best serve those around us, our neighbors, our friends, and help us to be very aware of the prevalent mindset that people have and did in the past and they do today, that power and authority gives us the ability to leverage people and help us to keep away from that and to serve you and to serve others. In your name we pray, amen. A question for you to contemplate over the next few minutes is this. What can you do this week to practically serve your neighbor? Can you spend a little time just thinking about that as we move on and listen to some music? And I'll come back with a concluding comment. Laying down privilege, contempt, and bitterness, which we all face from time to time, and taking up servanthood is essential to the advancement of the kingdom of God. I, I, I can't overstress this. This is so important. This is so critical to the kingdom of God. In fact, this is not an accessory to kingdom living. This is at the heart of Christ, Christian living. It, it's, it's like when you, you go to buy a car and, and the accessory you might want in your car is air conditioning or, or perhaps remote start on a, on a new car. You think, yeah, those, those would be really helpful. They, they would really make driving that car a better experience. Uh, this is not like an accessory. This is like the engine of the car. You can't, you can't drive the car without the engine. The engine of the kingdom of God is service, service, laying down privilege, contempt, bitterness, and things like that, and saying, no, no, my goal is to serve others as Jesus came to serve, so I am here to serve. When we do that, when we learn to serve, when we learn to have that mindset, the kingdom of God advances, we bless people. Our doxology is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.